Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. I am so excited for you guys to listen to my next guest. He's doing some really incredible things with cold outreach. We're going to break down his entire system, his process, his cadence uh, that he's using to get attention and book meetings for a complex sales process. He's working in an industry you've probably never heard of, but it touches each of our lives every day. Super fascinating stuff. We get to learn how he is building his business in a way that uh, he is setting himself up for success and playing not to lose uh, and how he's putting creativity into his outreach. Today an outreach in 2020 can be really difficult to get a prospect's attention with so many companies and competitors in the system vying for that prospect's attention. It's tough to really get their attention, get them on the phone and get them in a sales conversation. My next guest is going to talk about exactly what he does to do that. And he's doing some really interesting things that you probably haven't heard of before in the cold outreach space. So by the end of this episode, what you're going to learn is a complete system, a multi-channel or omni-channel system for getting a prospect's attention and getting the conversation started for the complex sale. Really excited for you to listen to this one. Um, looking forward to it. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting with Justin Stevens. Justin is the president of Prospecting Done For You. Prospecting Done For You is built to take the headache of lead generation and prospecting off of high-trained closers and instead let them focus solely on closing. Their team of expert business development reps take leads through an 18-step follow-up process. This process allows them to build a relationship with the customer, and then once they are ready for help solving a problem, they bring in the highly skilled salespeople who need to do the complex design and building process of the scope. One key takeaway that you will get from this episode today is to make it easy to, for your prospects to say yes when you're emailing them. Um, that will lead you to more replies, more conversions, and eventually more sales. Justin, pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, my friend. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Glad to have you. So how does your agency get results and what makes you guys different? To be candid, the thing that makes us different is how we approach business. And everything is about one thing, and it is results. We don't sell time. We don't sell emails. We don't sell hours. We sell closed business. So that's the one thing we focus on the most. We are very selective in who we work with because if we can't do everything for everyone. And the yeah. more different people we work with, the harder it is to get them results and our current clients results. So that's one of the reasons why we've niched down into people who sell into manufacturing wow. and we help them go and generate those leads, generate those conversations, appointments, so that they can go out and change the world at a bigger level. Awesome. Um, so you're, you're selling results 
And to get results doing that, you have to make sure that you are very selective, tightly focused on a specific niche uh, that you can execute well in um, selling clothes business. So is your pricing, is it productized or, or custom? Hey, love the question. It is productized. We charge $5,000 a month plus equity. And so we earned equity. So we come in and we say, listen, if we're going to do this, let's do it right. And that way I can bring all of my skills and talents to the table. And together we partner and go out and make huge shifts in the organization. That's one of the reasons why I, at the time being, we only work with three clients. So for our done for you service, we only work with three clients. We have three already on the books that we work with. And it makes it so much easier for us to focus on getting them results and helping them grow, helping them get to where they want to go. Mm -hmm. uh, so highly consultative, high touch, but you're able to streamline things by keeping it tight with the type of people you're working with. And, you know, you've got skin in the game too, since you have, you know, that upside uh, and it's more of like a partnership rather than like a, a quick vendor month to month, here you go type of type of arrangement, right? So you mentioned some stuff about who you are selling to or who your customers are, people who are selling into manufacturing. What are some more points to your ideal customer? Sure. So this is something anybody who's in business working on figuring out what they want to do, how they want to do it needs to look at. And that is not who do I want to work with, who you want to work with is crucial. Don't ever work with anybody you don't want to work with. It's a pain, right? But who's the most profitable? See, this is what I love about business. Business is the only game in the world where you get to create the rules for success. And far too many of us go out and create these rules that make it almost impossible for us to win and really, really easy for us to lose. So when I picked my ideal client, I don't have a background in manufacturing, but manufacturing is a vastly underserved market. When I say that, people think, oh, manufacturing, that's so unsexy. And I say, yes, it is. No one wants to do it. That's one of the reasons I'm getting such like we set appointments with Coors this week, Coors. Nice. And we sell conveyors, robotics, stuff like that. If that appointment turns into something, it will be a multi seven figure opportunity. Like these deals are not little. And so that's one thing people go after. They're like, like how can I get someone to come in at this level or that level? That's one of the reasons I charge 5K. I want it to be super easy to be like, I pay you 5K. If you don't get results, I fire you. And if you do, we go through the moon, out to outer space, and you become an owner, great. It's a win-win situation. And so that's what I'm looking for when it comes to working with people. Do they have something that sells the initial sales price? I don't want to work on anything under 30K because it takes a lot of time and there's a lot less profitability. I also look at what is the lifetime value of a client? I want a lifetime value of a client of a million dollars plus. 
So if I bring in one lead, we're talking about a big shift in the organization, right? Mm -hmm. I also look at a complex sales cycle. I want a long sales cycle because those are built on relationships. They're constantly moving, constantly evolving. And you need very skilled salespeople who, to be candid, are a lot better than me. They know their stuff. They know this, everything that goes into it. And it makes it super easy to be like, wait, hire you. You go prospect for this sales guy. I pay 100K base <laughs> and then give him leads all for less than 100K. Great. It's a natural fit. And so I've created my business in a way that it's, how do I come in and serve my client at the highest level, make it super easy for me to win because life's all about winning. Are you creating a game you can win? And it provides a tremendous amount of value to my clients. So that's my whole focus when it comes to business is how can I wrap all that together? And I love sales. My background, I spent 10 years running a sales training franchise, uh, Sandler Training, before leaving mm -hmm. to start my company. And so I love sales. To be totally transparent, I don't love delivery. I don't love figuring out how do I do all this stuff? How do I make it all happen? So I've built this company based on I'll go out and sell shit. You go out and deliver shit and let's make money <laughs> together. <laughs> Absolutely. The 5k, is that inside of a, like a one year container contract? Is that, how does that plot it out? Love it. So I do a three month contract. I say, listen, if after three months, we're not getting you results, you 100% should fire me. Right. And I had a client I was working with. Uh, we worked together for a month. It just wasn't a good fit culturally. And mm -hmm. I let him go. I said, I love working with you guys. And this was, I'm getting started. It was really hard. Ever feel like you need the money? I felt like I needed the money, but I knew the right thing to do was to let them go. Yeah. So you've got to make hard decisions like that through business. You've got to be willing to cut loose. Got it. I like your approach of, it's not just focusing on quality, it's right, stacking the deck in your favor, making it difficult for you to lose, right? Because there's so much upside to what you're doing to the market you're working with, to your customers in, the people they're selling to, just the economics of the deals, right? They're making a deal for them is millions of dollars, um, possibly, or at least, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? So your fee is a drop in the bucket to that to them they have so much you can gain from it and these are relationship businesses that sell via relationship they understand the value of a meeting with yeah. course like a meeting with course whereas other companies may not well we need you know this many meetings da, da, da. and it's you need the right meetings and if you're selling if the value is this so much higher then what you have to pay, it's a no brainer. So I love that everything down to the market you're working with, the offer, just how you're viewing it. I really like that. Let's dive into the campaign. Let's talk about who is the customer, what industry are they in? Are they in and like, what do they sell? What problem do they solve? Today, I want to focus on one of my clients in particular, Kitech Automation. 
which if anybody needs conveyors, robotics, palletizing systems, I know a guy. Um, so what we do is we go in primarily into food and beverage factories. And this is one thing people don't understand is you walk the aisles in a grocery store. How many things are in a box? Basically like all, all of them, yeah. Right? And it is not one person sitting there creating a box, stuffing it in. These robotics are everywhere. And that's how organizations streamline their throughput is by taking robotics and figuring out how do we do this? Well, the great thing about robotics and machinery in general is it's just like a car. And every single car out there eventually wears out. How long it lasts depends on how well you take care of it. Same is true in our world. So people are constantly upgrading and they're spending the capital expenditures in manufacturing in America. Just America is $1 trillion a year. Wow. $1 trillion. You're thinking about where do I want to go build a business? Build it where there's money. <laughs> trillion? Seven billion with a B is things people say, ooh, that's a good idea. Let's try that. They get the robot and they say, wow, that did not work at all. They put the robot in a corner, put their code on it, and it becomes the new code rack. Seven billion dollars. So this industry has a ton of money and there's a ton of problems that are constantly changing. Another thing. So variety packs, right? You go out, let's say yogurt. Hey, I want three apple and three strawberry yogurts. Great. It takes an entire new line to organize those variety packs. So every time a company, one of the grocery stores comes and says, hey, I want to, our clients want a variety pack of 10 white and 10 red. They go to the manufacturer and say, we want this. And then the manufacturer goes to a company like ours and says, oh, we got them in boxes of red and boxes of white. Can you unbox them, sort them, count them, rebox them, repalletize them? Like it's an entire new process. So there's all this stuff going on behind the scenes that most of us, before I got into this world, I had no idea. Yeah. No idea. Sure. And so that's when I dove in, that's what I fell in love with is there's this huge problem out there and their technology, putting it together is amazing. Like what they do to make all this work is unbelievable. What's there's their a, ticket size like for what they sell? It depends so earlier this year, we were working on a $65 million project. It fell through in financing. The company couldn't get the money due to COVID and everything else. Sure. But it can go from that all the way to our typical ticket size is about half a million. Which, but they come in, do half a million, and then another half. And then before you know it, we're doing $10 million with the company. So that's the thing I look for is how do we grow this? Not just this one purchase, but this relationship 
can go so many places. You're handling everything from the outbound prospecting all the way to sales or what is that template? Yeah, it really depends on what the client needs. So with Kite Tech, we're doing a website rebuild. We're doing their outbound prospecting, some of the lead nurturing. And then when someone, we got an email here, I'll read you just one of the emails I got yesterday. So this was last night. Justin, I am part of the projects team and I'm currently leading a project for our first robotic pallet guys. So I would be the right person to talk to. We have a number of potential applicants, applications that we are looking into over the next couple of years. That is a response from a cold email asking who the right person to talk to would be. That's a really good lead in our world. And they've got a project, they know what it does. So the other thing that makes it easier on us, we're targeting engineering managers, plant managers, and maintenance managers in these manufacturing facilities. They don't get targeted all the time. If you're targeting entrepreneurs, they're like, wow, great, another cold email, awesome. You have to really stick out. If you're targeting someone who doesn't get targeted, they're like, wow, this is perfect. I was working on this. Great. Thank you. Who you target makes a huge difference when it comes to the systems you're putting together and what you're doing together. I love it. Let's talk about, first of all, let's talk about how you're building these lists, finding these companies to prospect to, and then what that overall sequence looks like. And then we'll get into like the copy. So um, how are you building that list of people to reach out to? If you are not using LinkedIn to build, and I focus primarily business to business, but if you're not using LinkedIn and don't have LinkedIn sales navigator, you're wasting money. I'm telling you, LinkedIn is a fantastic tool for getting in front of businesses. And that's where we build our list. We also have software called Seamless AI, which, so we build the list in LinkedIn. Seamless AI helps us grab the contact information I go find it all over the web and stuff like that. We'll also do follow-up and we have some other tools we use to build lists depending on the industry. So, or what they're targeting, for example, uh, industrial information resources is a industrial information resources website that helps people build lists. Uh, so they go out and do research on what projects are coming up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we primarily use LinkedIn. We also use some ancillary services like that. And then here's the reason most salespeople fail to close as much business as they could. They believe after seven, three to seven touches, the prospect knows what they do and has made a decision yes or no whether they get in a sales call. Most prospects aren't even open to a sales call until 10 to 20 touches, depending on who they are and what they're looking for. So there's this huge gap between what salespeople are willing to do and what prospects want. And that's why we have this 18 step system. And there's four questions if you ask, answer these questions before ever getting into the prospecting game, it makes life incredibly easy. Who am I going to target? 
what am I going to say when I target them? How am I going to say it? Is it LinkedIn? Is it Facebook? Is it email? Is it a cold call? Is it snail mail? I love sending letters in the mail because people are like, holy, really? This yeah. is amazing, right? For sure. Is it a package? So you look at what can you invest to get a new client? And if you can invest 10 grand to get a new client, you can do some pretty cool stuff mm -hmm. to get in front of that client. So that's why we build out this sequence and answer the questions of who do I contact? What do I say? How do I say it? And when the fourth one was, when do I contact them again? Because how many times do you open up your database and you see all your leads and you're like, damn it, I know I need to do something, but yeah. what? what am I going to do with you? So answer those questions up front. We, our process for high tech takes about seven months to go through. So I'm nurturing a lead for seven months until they pop their head up and say, oh, I got that problem. Oh, mm -hmm. go here. You eventually had the problem that I know you have. So it's really crucial to build out a sequence that will continually follow up and not just burn and turn. So I see burn and turn as when you get a list and you look at that list and you start cold calling people or cold emailing them and they don't respond and then you do the next and the next and the next and you never touch them again. One touch is never enough. Right. And I also think that long sequence definitely makes even more sense when you're selling something that's so high value sir or yeah you're selling something that's so high value has you know has a high price tag and these sales take a long time right so you need to make sure that you you get into that sales cycle you have to be there you know like you're saying over the course of seven months um you know after they've gone through several cycles or even like what you mentioned the prospects said hey we're going to make a decision in a few years right isn't that it uh, no, he's got multiple applications over the next couple of years. So oh, they're oh, oh, okay. doing one now and then one next summer because capital expenditure, very capital intensive. <laughs> sure. And just curious, what do you do at, you know, that after that seven month sequence? It really depends on the prospect. And if we truly believe that they have our money in their wallet and just haven't given it to them, us yet, we'll start them over again, right? Makes sense. So there's two pipelines everybody needs to manage. There's a sales pipeline, which is built on the relationship. It's once you pick up the phone, you have a conversation. Now we are in the sales pipeline. Until you have that conversation, they're in the prospecting pipeline. That is built on the activity that you do, not the result. So it's not, I'm going to send this email and see what they say. It's, I'm going to send this email, then I'm going to send this text, then I'm going to send this letter, then I'm going to do this. Whether they respond or not is irrelevant. We're trying to build the relationship to get them to the place that they can and will respond. Gotcha. So at a high level, like before going into copy of these messages, all email, What's like the big idea of the emails? Do you have them grouped into like these first four are this, these next eight are this? Like, what does that look like across that spectrum of emails? So one thing I found with cold email, first thing you've got to do is you've got to stand out. It's 
people get cold emails that are texts and stuff all the time. So I use a software called CoVideo, which you can create a video. And then when you put it in the email, it creates a GIF. So you can see, and I'm slightly animated with my hand. <laughs> so you can see that in the email. And then above it, it is, I'll literally read out one of them. Cool. So I work with Kitech Automation, who I work with, and we specialize in automation in the food and beverage industry. One sentence, next sentence. We specifically focus on pick and place robotics, stacking, packaging, palletizing, and the conveyors that tie it all together. What we do. Then it's got a co-video and I wish I could show you. It's just me talking, me being me. And then under that, it says, who would be the best person to talk with about these types of services at your organization? That's gotcha. it, three sentences. I have found being extremely direct and to the point with cold email gets way better results. I've hired copywriters for my clients to come in and put together these sales emails and get almost no results because people aren't willing to take that time. So right. when they open up an email, they see the animation, they think interesting, they see how short it is and they'll actually read it. Yeah. Then they'll reply. Gotcha. They're gauging that how long is this going to take in that split second, right? Yes. What do you say in the video? So in the video, it really depends on the video and what I'm trying to sell. I talk, I, typically I try to keep it between 30 seconds and one minute. And I talk about the problems they're facing. See, it, another common misconception is that people actually care about you or me. They just don't. They care about what they're facing. They right. care about what's in it for them. So the video is all about so this one is about, hey, have, do you have a group of people standing around picking up boxes and setting them on a pallet over and over and over again? Is it the worst job to get filled because everybody hates it? We help with that. Would it make sense to talk about what you're doing to palletize your, your products and services? So it's all about them. Gotcha. The other thing I love about CoVideo is you can overlay the video over any website you want. So I have that video overlaid our website so they can close the video and they're on our website. So wait, say that one more time. You put the video on the KaiTech website. So it's just an overlay. So I, CoVideo is awesome. I use it all the time. For example, I've got a whiteboard. I'll pull it over here. I'll write a prospect's name that I'm trying to get a hold of and do a video where their name is right here. You can tell this was custom for me, right? So they'll, it's more engaging. And so that's what you do. And then you say, hey, on the back of this video, what do you want to put? And I can put any website. So for example, okay. sometimes if I've got a proposal I'm submitting, 
I'll do a video going over the proposal and have the proposal right behind the video. Or with KaiTech, I send out this cold email. I've got the video, they click on it. They see me talking about it, but they also see in the background, the KaiTech website. And then they can close the video or minimize it. So it's still talking and browse the website. Gotcha. So you're using this to get attention. You're using this technology like CoVideo, for example, in an interesting way to get attention from the prospect, get them to engage, right? I love that. And because you've selected not only your customer the right way, but your prospecting, you've selected your prospects the right way, you're able to spend this amount of time and pay attention to this type of stuff because of the value on the other side. Exactly. I love that. I love that. What are you using to uh, send these emails, the outreach emails? So my favorite tool is a software called Lemlist. So you can create a sequence. Are you familiar with it? Yep. Yeah. So Lemlist is awesome. It's great with personalization and making it look like, listen, this is one-on-one. It also automates the whole process. So I can put in a list of right now in this campaign that that response I got yesterday in that campaign, um, we still have 461 people to reach out to over the next coming months, weeks, whatever. And I don't have to manually do any of it because I set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. So Lemlist is one of my favorite tools just because of how easy it is to get this set up and working. Got it. Yeah, Lemlist is a great tool. There's that personalization you can use with Lemlist, um, those dynamic landing pages, they have a lot with hyper-personalization um, yeah. that you can use. So that is a phenomenal tool. So initial email, you mentioned that over this, you know, what did the rest of this 17 other emails look like over the seven month period? What is that composed of? So, great question. I have about six emails over the 18th which all focus on different pain points. They're all very short. They're all pain focused. What are the issues that they're trying to overcome? And then on top of that, when we use cards, physical content, when we use LinkedIn, when we use Facebook, all of it drives to engage with people based on their pain points and what we know they struggle with in general. I tell people, hey, this is what we do. The two sentences I read, food and beverage, pick and place, robotics, conveyors, palletizers, stuff like that. And people in this world know what I'm talking about. Yeah. People not in this world are like, what? What is a palletizer? <laughs> that makes no sense. And that's one of the things that makes it easy is because people know the buzzwords. Getting started with this high tech, I didn't even know most of these buzzwords. I was like, all right, if you think palletizer is gonna resonate, great. Turns out it did in a big way, so. Yeah, there's definitely a language to every industry. I used to work in logistics for a big 3PL and it was all hooking up trucks for deliveries, moving freight, from one end of the country to another and it's a very large industry it's like it's adjacent to what you're talking about you're in the where you know your guys are selling stuff in the warehouse but same it's along with supply chain 
Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of money in that for sure. But uh, yeah, what you mentioned buzzwords, like people want to rele- want something that's relevant and they want to know, do you know our world? Okay. You know, that hooks them in. So that six email period, you're keeping it short, couple sentences, buzzwords, focus on the pain, trying to get a response. Um, what do your subject lines look like? Kind of personalized or not personalized, but short. Sure. So email one subject line is palletizers. Email two subject line is robotics. Email three is conveyance. Like very short, direct, all throughout the entire sequence, we drive to one thing. Let's get on the phone. Mm-hmm. Who do I talk to? So that I think, I don't know what world most of our listeners come from, but in the I do in the past I've done a ton in the digital marketing world. Mm-hmm. And especially in digital marketing, we want to create something where I never have to talk or interact right. with anything <laughs> ever again. Right? right? Which I get it. I love the dream. I would love to wake up and just have million dollar projects pop into my account, but the more personalized, customized, and hands-on you are, the more you can charge and the more you can do because of it. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why I would highly recommend. For example, we're doing this prospecting challenge. And I am running my outreach and sequences just like I'm doing for a $50 challenge. I'm doing it the same as what I'm doing for my clients for their multi-million dollar opportunities because I know people buy from people. And so I've got to engage. I've got to interact. I've got to do. So I'm creating for this challenge, I'm creating an entire prospecting sequence. I've got my pipeline lined out of how I'm going to follow up. Now, since it's a $50 challenge and not a $500,000 robotic sell, it's a lot shorter. It's direct to the point, but I'm using the exact same steps and processes that I'm going to teach everybody to fill it, which is, I think, really cool. So I'm excited about that. For sure. We've got, you know, the first seven emails or so, six or seven emails. What about the back half? Uh, you know, what is that? Last seven to nine emails in your sequence. What are those typically look like? So, and this is something common is people have a form of communication that they like. Mm-hmm. But your prospect may not like that communication. Like they may not be an email person, right? They may not be a LinkedIn person or a Facebook person or a blog person, right? So you've got to give your prospects what I call home court advantage. You've got to figure out how do they want communicated with and then focus on that. That's why our process, we do three emails, then we do a phone call, then we do another email, then we do a card, then we do a... LinkedIn message, then we do another card, then we do a box, then we do a, um, another phone call, another email, another card, another phone call, another email. Like literally we're sprinkling all the- I think I got that. <laughs> it's like, 
we got to get them how they want to connect. This 18 step sequence, it's not 18 emails, then it's emails. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. 18 touches and you're mixing in physical LinkedIn phone calls. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is cold email is easy, right? Mm -hmm. It's easy to bang out thousands of cold emails and people know that and or cold LinkedIn messages also easy but if you get a cold LinkedIn request and a cold email from the same person you start to pay attention if they call afterwards you're like all right there's obviously a reason they're trying to get a hold of me if they then get a letter in the mail it's like I've had people say, you know what, Justin, I am meeting with you solely on the fact that I wish my people would do what you're doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Because it works. <laughs> so um, to encapsulate, that, how many emails were on the front end? I just want to make sure I have this correct. You had uh, three emails on the front end. Three I emails on the front end. My uh, prospecting campaign, my qualifying campaign. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see, will they open an email? Will they respond to me? Will they pay attention to me at all? Are they a real person? And if I'm looking for clicks on links, I'm looking for a reply to my email, I'm looking for a number of times they open my email. If they go through that, then I put them into the back 15, which is much more time intensive. Does that make sense? Gotcha. If they show activity on your three emails, clicking through, they are then put into this back-end campaign. Exactly. I can't run a hundred people through calls and stuff because some of them don't work there. Some of them are dead. Like, yeah, (laughs) so many reasons, especially when you're building lists, right? And that's how you do it with the click. You mainly look at if they click a link, then you, you see they're active, right? They click the link. So then you move them through. Exactly. Uh, And I look for a number of times open. That's actually a big indication. So uh, if they've opened it a number of times, what that means is they didn't delete it. So if they open it once or twice, not a good indication. If they've opened it 15 times over the last week, it means it's sitting in their inbox. They're delete another email and that one pops open right? Mm -hmm. They may not have read it, but they cared enough not to delete it. So that's one of the big things I look for is if I've got someone opening an email multiple times, I pick up the phone and get on. I give them a call and I'm like, hey, I just want to introduce myself. I love that. I love that. And you turn that back up and just with the box, the link, the LinkedIn message, um, and the phone calls and the cards, what I just like, before we get into the metrics that you've, the results that you've seen at a high level with those, what are you trying to trying to do with those? Uh, at a high level, I'm trying to disqualify people. Okay. I'm trying to get people to say, Justin, not interested, right? Uh, the way I see sales is it is my job to figure out why we should not work together. And if I can't figure out why we shouldn't work together, then maybe we should work together. 
And far too many people approach it from, I'm trying to figure out why you should give me money. Right. But in reality, there is more than enough of everything out there. There's more than enough prospects. There's more than enough money. There's like, there's more than enough. So mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about who's, who's going to. I just need to sort. I see sales as a sorting game. You've got to constantly sort between who could be a good fit and who couldn't. And the faster you get them out, the better. Your, your call to actions always, who should I speak with? Or is that more in the beginning? And pretty much throughout the entire sequence, it's who should I speak with? And then after, I'd say step seven, it goes into, would it make sense for us to have a phone call? I am always driving to the phone. Because here's the thing, people are going to look at our website no matter what. Right. If they're interested, they'll do their research. They'll check stuff out. And so the results that you've gotten from this, you know, when it comes to open rates, when it comes to responses, meeting book rates, or even revenue, what have you seen? And so from just our prospecting campaign through May, um, so I've sent uh, almost 1,200 cold emails. I've got a 60% open rate, a 20% click-through rate, a 12% reply rate, I've got 17% bounce rate. And then through all that, that's just our first 16. We're booking, and I'm not great at tracking this number um, just because I haven't paid attention to it enough, but we're booking four or five qualified opportunities a week, which is, in this business, huge. What's like the range of how big an average opportunity is for this company or for uh, this industry? The smallest opportunity is going to be seventy to eighty thousand. Um, the biggest, so like that big project that came through this prospecting sequence that we were running. Um, so it it can range anywhere. So that, and that's part of that long, complex sales cycle. Right. It's, it's all over the board. That's why having someone like me on the team is crucial. So for any business, in my opinion, the goal of any business is to be able to predict their revenue and predict mm-hmm. their growth. In order to do that, you've got to stop having the same person try to close the business as find the lead. So I believe every team out there should have an army of prospectors, people who are great at just networking and cold calling and using LinkedIn and all that. And a team of people who are great at closing because it's two different skill sets. And if you get someone who's great at closing and tell them to prospect, they will prospect long enough to get someone who's closable, and then they're going to focus on that. That's where the peaks and valleys in sales and business come from, is an inability to consistently focus on doing the behaviors to bring in new leads. Absolutely. And you said uh, you're like splitting up the, you know, the division of labor, sort of like an assembly line, right? Everyone's doing what they're best at. 
um, splitting up, in this case, splitting up Legion and then closing. So both parties can focus on what they're, they're best at and put their full time and attention into that. You mentioned this campaign ran through May of 2020. When did it start? May of 2020. It's running right now. Oh, okay. This just started. Okay. So this is what the campaign we're running right now. Gotcha. And so this is early July that we're talking on July 3rd. So in a short amount of time, you've gotten some awesome results. Yeah, we've got some big results. And it's also been during COVID, Yeah, which has had a huge impact in our world. Sure. So Absolutely. thanks so much for sharing this information uh, with myself, with the audience. And one of the th things that stuck out to me so much was, you know, what you were talking about in the beginning about stacking the deck in your favor so that, you know, it's really difficult for you to lose, um, making it easy to win. Like you mentioned, right, you can write the rules of the game when it comes to business. So why not write them in your favor? And then using that same, you know, I don't even call it ideology or whatever throughout the process, right? Because, because you're working with higher value clients, you, you can then, um, you know, the results you get for them have so much more gravity, right? Or so much more of an effect because of what they're selling and what they're doing. And they're more, they have more money to spend to acquire, a, to spend with you because they can spend more money to acquire a customer because their deal sizes are anywhere from almost, you know, you said 70, 80K at the low end, but we're talking about half a million dollars, a million dollars. And especially when you talk about the lifetime value of the customer, multiple millions of dollars. Crazy. Um, Justin, you have a five-day prospecting challenge. For people who are interested, this challenge will teach Justin's entire onboarding process, everything from how to build the list, identify your ideal client, creating that 18-step sequence, writing the copy, and how to execute. That's going to start July 26, 2020, coming up here in a few weeks. And for people who are interested, they can go to theprospectingchallenge.com, T-H-E, prospectingchallenge.com. Justin, I want to thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom with us today. And I definitely learned a lot and I really appreciate it. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. If I can help you or any of the listeners, uh, my belief is a rising tide lifts all ships. So Absolutely. let's go up together. <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate it. You have a good one. See ya. I hope you enjoyed listening to what Justin had to say. I know I did. I definitely learned a lot and took away some things that I can start implementing immediately in my own campaigns. If you'd like to get a campaign map that completely looks at step-by-step -step what Justin does in his campaigns and, and kind of each touch in his 17-step process, if you want a campaign map and notes that go along with it, so you can start using this now in, in your job or your business, go to morgandwilliams.com slash OM2. That's morgandwilliams.com slash O as in Oscar, M as in Mary, 2. Thanks for listening.